BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production. Available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Tim Peel fired, I guess, by the National Hockey League. How about that? The NHL announcing this morning that he will no longer officiate games. He was supposed to retire in April. I mean, come on. So he got caught on an open mic admitting an even up call? I'm blown away by the reaction. We've known since we started playing the game and working in the game that this happens. And furthermore, we don't even have a problem with it. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome, everybody, to the second half kickoff, and this show has really morphed into exactly what we wanted it to be, and that is daytime sports with our friends, talking, having coffee, and we've got Les Lazarek, the voice of the Saskatoon Blades, here in the bunker, and all of you, of course, Les, you, are you coffeeed out? You didn't want coffee? What's the I, deal? I'm coffeeed out. I've been up since six, What? and I've had more than enough coffee. This is a busy day today. Because I'm still doing sportscast for CJWW, my right. employer, the Saskatoon Media Group back home. So there's casts to do. There's all kinds of little features to do, features that I do every day. I do a daily sports commentary called The Parting Shot. Uh, you know, there's a Blades feature that has to go on an FM station. So there's, there's a lot to do. And I, if I was going to fit this in along with two other podcasts that I'm involved with today. Yeah. There's not enough hours in the day sometimes. People think I'm in Regina having a holiday. There's no holiday here, folks. Uh, this is uh, not uh, a holiday. Uh, and you know what, though, Rod? I'm not complaining. I love it. The fact that I'm back doing what I love to do, this is phenomenal Western right Hockey League is playing. Yes. And uh, that's is. very exciting. So, hey, one thing. Mm-hmm. Watch it in Philadelphia right now. Dan, the situation Saravelli is watching from the Enterprise Sports Show. Okay. And he says, Rod, I see your bracket's still alive. I don't know what to say about that. You know, all of two minutes thought went into my bracket at <laughs> CBSSports.com. Thank you, Dan, the situation, Cervelli, for inviting me into that bracket in Philly. And I'm glad to see that it is still alive. Go Oral Roberts. <laughs> well, I know they fell to Florida, but it's still. No, they won. Yeah, they did. Oral's still going. They're still going. They're uh, in the Sweet 16. Breaking news. Today, the uh, Toronto Raptors here on this NBA trade deadline have dealt Norman Powell. To the Portland Trailblazers for guards Rodney Hood and Gary Trent Jr. So the uh, the fire sales begun. Norman Powell gone, which is unfortunate. And I guess we wait until 2 p.m. No, 1 p.m. Mountain our time for the actual NBA trade deadline. But as was pointed out by the Canadian press earlier, those trades it's like the dub. They, they yeah. won't just because the deadline passes doesn't necessarily mean they'll even be announced. Paperwork needs to be done. Yep. So we won't know necessarily by 1 o'clock p.m. Mountain where we are situated if Kyle Lowry remains a Raptor past today or not. But this is the golden corral of sports talk, and that is we have a little bit for everybody. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get into officiating our junior A scoop. I just want to say this. There's a big talk going about uh, the CFL, the 20% pay cuts. And listen, I can take it. There's players that are coming at me that are saying, I'm saying you don't have any options, guys. You either have to accept this pay cut and play or retire. Those are your options. And they're saying, we know that's our options. We don't like it, Rut. Hmm. Don't come at me, guys. I'm not the bad guy. No. You need to accept that this is where you're at. And I know that you're in a pinch. And I don't like what the owners are doing. I don't. And so from our viewers here, Jason and Red Deer says, I don't mind the truth. If the league has to cease after efforts to revive, then so be it. 
but I don't feel the league is even trying anymore. Well, that's a nice cavalier attitude for people to say, oh, the league will fold, they'll come back. What about these players? That's the point. I think they're realizing that they don't hold the power that they thought they did. Well, and not just the players having the issue of not being able to play and maybe having to retire, but don't be so cavalier. Just because it's going to work in Saskatchewan coming back, just because it's going to work in Winnipeg coming back, or in uh, Hamilton, some places it's not going to come back. It may not come back in Toronto. It may not come back in Vancouver. It may not come back in Montreal. Because those are the types of cosmopolitan types of centres in Canada that the CFL has a very tenuous situation with. Because there's enough people, and we've, you've, you've talked about this, I've known this for a long time, the National Football League is that large conglomerate that has just absolutely consumed us. You can gamble on just about everything. You can watch 9,000 different games as opposed to the CFL where you've only got nine teams and the gambling options are limited. And as a result, people don't care as much about the CFL as they should in this country. They're overly consumed by the National Football League, and it's too bad. The NFL's Costco. Yeah, it is. And it's caused the shutdown of the corner store. Absolutely. Uh, from Chris Bird in Toronto, he says, I'm sure the league is trying, yep. but the league needs nine governors on board. Not so sure that's happening. Plus, mm-hmm. the league reportedly, and not surprisingly, has no money. Jim Waldron says, so I guess Boomer was right about the CFL. Since you guys can't seem to get it up and running, I mean, maybe it's time to become a minor league to the NFL. They could save you. Look at their TV deal. Simple way is to open up the import rule. Jim Waldron is a viewer in New Jersey, by the way. And the yes, I've only been saying this for 20 years, and I'm the jerk. The CFL people are vehemently opposed to being an NFL farm league or a partner with the XFL, and it's going to be to their detriment. One more from Dan, the situation, Saravelli, who says Kyle Lowry likely could end up in Philly. How about that? Maybe just a rental player. Yeah, till the end of the year. (laughs) Then he goes back to Toronto. That would work. That would work. How about the LA Lakers? How about the Miami Heat? Those are the three teams that are being mentioned this morning as possible destinations for Kyle Lowry. Wow. Does it have to happen? Just the fact that they traded Norman Powell now and got two people back, do they necessarily now absolutely have to trade Kyle Lowry? Something to consider. Uh, You know, and it's always great how we sprinkle in the viewers, right? Mike Soulier... Trainer to the stars. Hockey, football, <laughs> and gosh knows what else. He says, Sewell's is listening. Yes. And Ken Hitchcock's best friend. I'm going to throw that in there right there, Mike Soulier. Yeah, yeah. And he was a close friend of my dad's. So nice segue uh, to hockey, uh, Lester. Okay. Before we get to the dub stuff. And then Bill Chow coming in next segment. Les going to stick around for a portion of that, I yep. hope. Um, I've mentioned that the BC Hockey League breaking off from the Canadian Junior Hockey League, the umbrella organization that oversees all of Junior A Hockey and Hockey Canada, they're going to do their own thing. Four teams from Alberta reportedly joining them. I'm told Brooks, Okotoks, Spruce Grove, and Grand Prairie. That's our breaking news today. I'm not going to ask you about that. No. What I am going to ask you about is Tim Peel. Mm-hmm. And how you feel this referee that, I guess if the NHL doesn't want to say that they fired him even though they did, can we at least say you've suspended him? Because you have. Yes. How do you feel about the treatment of him and, and what went down? I don't like it. I don't like the fact that an open mic caught what Tim Peel did. He essentially did what pretty much the National Hockey League asks its officials to do. It has been forever. My, my, my favorite saying is, at the end of a game, when you start taking a look at the power play chances that each team has, is that the officials somehow found a way to have the same number of marbles in each of their pockets essentially the same number of power plays for each team. And it always seems to end up that way. There are even up calls, whether you want to admit it or not. And there's situations where if a team gets up a couple of goals early, the officials seem almost like they need to give the team that's trailing an opportunity with a manpower advantage off a little bit of a chintzy call, a little bit of a call that is not that great in order to give them a chance to maybe score on the power play and get back into the game, to maintain the competitiveness of the individual games. Because otherwise, especially back in the 80s, if you didn't do that, and it's continued since then, but back in the 80s when there was such a disparity between the great Oiler teams and some of those others, like the Islanders, etc., and then you had the dregs at the bottom, like my Winnipeg at times, uh, you would have the blowouts. If you didn't give those inferior teams an opportunity at some point... 
to get back into the game, you were going to lose fans and the competition aspect. So there's so much parity now that you really don't need to do it, but it's still ingrained in the NHL's officiating, and that's why it happens. And what Tim Peel did is essentially what his bosses at the National Hockey League want him to do. And turn it around and fired him and for it. And turn around and fired him for it. And I hope that they rescind it. I hope they let him get out on his own terms and do a couple of games. Although if I'm Tim Peel, I'd probably tell him to go stuff it. You know, yeah. you, you can take your job and stuff it. I mean, I'm, I'm retired now. I was going to retire in a month. Uh, but I, I would like to see him go out with a little more of an opportunity to do one last game and, and get the proper goodbye that he deserves. Well, he's not going to get it less. No, and here's, he here's what's going to happen, by the way. I've done a dinner within the last couple of years with Don Koharski, along with Chris Nyland and Zenon Park, and it was amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, Mick Magoo, doing all those banquets with Mick, he opened the door to me for me to that officiating world. And I was as devastated as anybody outside of his family when he passed prematurely because we were just getting rolling. Stephen Wacom, all those guys. Guys, it's a great world, that officiating world. Mm -hmm. And they're getting screwed over here. Tim Peel is. Absolutely. And here's what's going to happen is he's going to maybe go out, if he's that kind of guy, and go to these banquets and stuff. And everybody's going to say, man, you really got screwed, Tim. He's like, oh, I know, I know. You know what I mean? They're never going to get over this. Mm. This is his legacy now. And shame on the national hockey. It is. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. That's, he will be Tim Peeled. This <laughs> is how he's going to be remembered. Yeah. So I'm... I'm with you. My question to Dave Poulin, like last hour, was how do they officiate games moving forward? That competitive aspect still going to go on. Makeup calls are still going to go on. Yep. And we can all see that they're going on. Yep. So are, you, are, the, are the coaches not allowed to say it? Are the are broadcasters not allowed to say it? What are you going to do now, NHL? But we're moving on because it's a fast-paced show. Yes. Drew Koser writes in from <laughs> the Off the Hosel podcast. You yes. know Drew from, I knew. Drew from the hockey-playing Koser family? Yes. He says, Les's thoughts on... Roddy Ross. Disappointing, unfortunately, for him because we're talking about a kid who's in this his last 20 year old Regina Pats goalie that came from the exactly. Seattle Thunderbirds and is a prospect of the Philadelphia Flyers. Exactly. Sorry. No, no, that's fine. And I was actually going to bring that up. The fact that you're bringing in a kid who was a 20 year old who was the reason why the Seattle Thunderbirds did as well as they did last year. He stole games for the Thunderbirds last year. We haven't seen that, unfortunately, from Roddy Ross so far. And people may say, well, why don't. Why doesn't Dave Struish make the move and put in Matthew Keeper and let him take the ball and run with it for a while? Because we still haven't heard for sure whether there's going to be a playoff or not in the Western Hockey League. Until such time as that is said to be not on the table, you're going to go with your, the people that you think give you the best opportunity to win games. And as a result, Dave Struish still believes, along with John Paddock, I'm sure, that Roddy Ross can find his game and gives the Regina Pats the best opportunity to win more often than not in this double. So Roddy Ross will have to work his way out of it, just like Carey Price had to work his way out of it for the Montreal Canadiens earlier in the season. Roddy Ross, I'm sure, will do it. He's liable to do it tomorrow when the Blades take on the Pats and just absolutely stone Saskatoon. It's, that's the way hockey goes, and I think you have to give Roddy Ross the opportunity. Nice. Glenn Erickson watching from Dub Network. Mm. He's in Medicine Hat. He says, I love the officiating fraternity. So many great guys, so many great stories. With this in mind, Swede mm. Knox left us this past week. Rest in peace. Yeah. From Janelle Barkman in Saskatoon, she says, two of my favorite <laughs> guys talking sports. Love the opinions, love the insight. Thank you, Janelle. Love you too. Absolutely. Go, Blades. Yep, absolutely. You beat my pats the other day, Les. Uh, Nick, <laughs> Nick, Nick writes in. Nick, on Twitter, I don't know his last name, he says, following up the report from the Rod Peterson show that the BCHL potentially leaving Canadian junior hockey and taking four Alberta teams to form a new league, a BCHL spokesperson said today, quote, we've seen these reports and we can't make any comment on it at the moment. No surprise. That's going to happen. Uh, from Travis Rosebrook. He says, I think the refs need to make the call and move on from it. We all make mistakes. There's no need to keep track of what they got right and wrong. Makeup calls are like me losing game seven of the cup finals at NHL 21 and turning off the game and restarting it so I can win. <laughs> I guess so. But let me just say this. You want to talk about you're suspending Tim Peel to preserve the integrity of the game in the National Hockey League. No, you're not. This is where you screwed up, NHL. Yeah. Because you're burying the secret of what goes on in games. Exactly. Unless you fix that secret, it's always going to be a problem. So if you're saying that makeup calls hurt integrity of the game, then get rid of them. Don't get rid of the guy 
that admitted that you were doing it. And they, and they can't uh, not unearth the secret and bring it to light because if you start doing that and then you start calling every penalty and you see it every year at the beginning of the year yep you, you call everything in the exhibition season and early in the year and you end up with 30 power plays a night and it slows down the flow of the game there is no flow to the game and nobody likes it so this is essentially what you get there is the secret there's the way things are done and they're done this way in order to maintain the competitive balance to provide entertainment to provide flow to the game and that's oh, yeah. the way it is the fact that the NHL did this to Tim Peel is so unra- is so not right. It's it's ridiculous. Dean Shaw writes in. He says, "I always listen to you on the airwaves, but first time listener to this format. Now I know what I'm missing. Great job, <laughs> thank you, Dean. I appreciate you uh, watching and commenting and listening. And uh, I'll just say one more before I, I just turn for one last point with Les Brent Sopel." Whom I love. Great man. Rode in yesterday from Florida, Clearwater, Florida. Stanley Cup champion, former Saskatoon Blade. Yes, he was. like how I always say that. I like that. Um, He said, how about Colin Campbell continually emailing Stephen Wacom, bitching about calls on his kid when Colin Campbell was playing for the Boston Bruins? (laughs) Like, Soaps is basically saying, who's Colin Campbell Campbell to talk about integrity? He was all over Stephen Wacom. Mm-hmm. Because of the way he officiated his kid. So, like, it's, it's bad. If this guy's making the call on firing Tim Peel, it's inexcusable. Lastly, and then I will let you go, and we'll bring in Bill Chow, but Lester, your take on the future of the Canadian Football League right now. XFL merger, mm. an all-Canadian CFL, or will there even be a CFL? Where are you on this? Well, I, I, I fear for the CFL. The, the fact that they didn't play last year was concerning to me. Uh, I felt they needed to at least give it a try, and they didn't do it. I understand there's no money in it. There's no revenue in it. The teams can't afford to do it. I think there's some owners that could have. I think there's some owners that probably could have anteed up and made sure it happened because I think you need to keep yourself in the public eye. This is the biggest thing that I think the Western Hockey League, that the uh, Quebec Major Junior League, that these leagues have done, even though they're going to take a bit of a bath financially, is the fact that they've put their product out there and kept themselves in the public eye. The CFL, if it doesn't get started this year in some way, shape, or form, might very well be sounding the death knell. And I hate to say that because I love the CFL. I'm a kid that grew up in Winnipeg and took, got on my bike and drove a few miles in order to get tickets in the in the Salisbury House kids section in the south end zone of the old Winnipeg Stadium. I love the I love the CFL, but they're just not seeing what they have to do in order to keep themselves alive. If it means pairing up with the XFL, fine. I don't like that. I prefer to see the Canadian Football League still have a, be a place where Canadian university and junior athletes can come out and still play professionally. But I don't know if that's going to be feasible down the line with the way the situation is right now. Well said. Thank you. Doesn't look good. (laughs) Doesn't look good. (laughs) Listen, I'm going to let you roll. Yeah. So thanks for popping in. Not a problem. Any old time. I'm here till what, the 28th of April or so? Isn't it great? It's, it's wonderful. I, I, <laughs> I can't tell you. I mean, I, I got a call. I got a text from Cam Moon at the end of uh, last night's game. What a, what a game that was where the Blades were able to score twice in the final yep. three and a half minutes and then win it in overtime. And uh, yeah, just the fact that I can do what I love and the passion that I love to show for the game, uh, the fact that the game is back. Uh, Roddy, I'll, I'll, I'll be easily admitting to you December and January were not a lot of fun mentally. <laughs> I was oh, yeah. I was down. It was tough to get going on a day-to-day basis, writing and talking about COVID on newscasts in the radio station. This has brought me back. Good to hear, Les, and yep. good to have you. Thank you. Bill Chow, the president of the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League next. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV, YouTube and Facebook Live, and Listen Live, 24-hour sports talk for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Podcast listeners, RP here to talk about Manscaped. Moose DuPont's with me as well. Moose, ask me about the Lawnmower 3.0. Rod, tell me about the Lawnmower. Okay, 3.0? The Lawnmower 3.0. Listen, I've had this thing for, what, now, a month, maybe five weeks. Guys, I'm telling you, we've been doing it wrong. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about it. And you're just like me. You've been using big, clunky razors. You've been using extension cords. You've been awkwardly maneuvering yourself over the toilet bowl or the sink. How about a battery-operated 
small handheld with a headlight. So you see where you're going. Oh, my gosh. To sort of get those nooks and crannies. You know what I'm saying? No chafing. <laughs> well, I'm getting to that. But I'm telling you, it gets to the nicks and crannies that your regular facial shaver or a, a clipper doesn't get to. This guy, this guy, the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 was specifically designed for men. Okay, a lot of thought went into this. Don't just willy-nilly, you willy. <laughs> Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. Any other questions? I got to try it. I'm sold. <laughs> I still haven't tried it. All I've been able to do is listen to your testimonial. Okay, so right now, you guys, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. All one word, FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code FANSIDED20. Oh, yeah. He's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome back, everybody. Going to get to all of your viewer comments and questions a little later on. Just Brady in Saskatoon writes in on the Prairie Mobile text line regarding our poll question today. Who's the greatest Raptor of all time? He says, hey, Rod, Lowry's the greatest Raptor of all time. Blades are too good. 6-0-1. One win away from the franchise record for the best start to a season. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. NBA trade deadline is heating up. Oh, by the way. Kyle Lowry is still a Toronto Raptor, but Norman Powell is not. He was traded to the Portland Trailblazers today for Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood. So we're staying on top of all of that. Well, let's bring in our good friend, the, the commissioner president of the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, Bill Chow. And Bill, you'll, uh, tough week for you. I'm getting all these messages that say, we're very angry that the SGHL is not playing. I said, yeah, we're all very angry or upset. <laughs> I think that would include you, right, with this news uh, this week. Nobody's happy about it. Um, what's your week been like since you made the, the, the tough decision to cancel the season? Well, I mean, in, in part, Rod, I mean, the, the, our decision was, was kind of, uh, I don't want to say forced upon us, but with decisions that were made at uh, different levels of government and health uh, as to our submission uh, not being acceptable. And then with the number of uh, cases of covid in the province and, and having to wait another two to three weeks before, you know, a possible um, approval would be given um, was just going not not going to work for the timelines that we had. Um, you know, I mean, Weyburn was the city of Weyburn was gracious enough to say that they would keep their ice in until May 15th um, at the kind of as the longest date. And, uh, you know, with waiting another two or three weeks and not knowing for sure that we would be able to start would have probably pushed us right up against that May 15th and, and not and beyond of trying to get one month of hockey in. So, uh, you know, I, I believe that, you know, with some of the changes that they would have wanted in our submission, uh, we would have been able to easily accomplish. But uh, at the end of the day, it was that, waiting for another two to three weeks and still not knowing whether we were going to be allowed to play or not was, was the, was the main issue uh, at hand. Well, I know you met with Saskatchewan media the other day, but I didn't see that. And I want to just give you bill the floor here to explain some things, because what I think people don't understand is any junior a league is a big brand, very important in hockey. I've had NHL people writing me upset that the SJ pulled its plug and I, that's what I wanted to give you the floor to, to explain why. And some of these questions, because people say, how come the WHL can play in this COVID hotspot of Regina, but the SJ can't play a long ways away from Regina? Those kinds of questions are what you're getting. How are you answering those? Well, when it comes to uh, why the Western Hockey League is allowed or was allowed to start and were not, I mean, it, I'd be really upset if our plan was identical to the Western Hockey League's. Uh, unfortunately, our plan is not identical to the Western Hockey League. Um, you know, I think in, in one of the differences that we had was that, uh, you know, the, the Western Hockey League is isolated, quarantined, whatever you want to call it, uh, at the U of R for accommodations. Uh, the one difference for us that was significant that was brought back to us was was the um, you know we're in one hotel that was uh, isolated or quarantined to four teams of the SJHL and there was another hotel that was going to have three teams but it was also going to be open to the public now 
that was one of the considerations. And, and, you know, I mean, a lot of our talk internally was that, you know, that could probably be addressed. But again, it goes back to that waiting another two to three weeks uh, to find out whether or not we would be able to play. Um, so that's kind of what, you know, where, where the decision was made as to, you know, us calling it, uh, you know, the, the players, the coaches, the teams, the volunteers, the organizations, uh, we've been playing this tug of war since, uh, last November when we were stopped, um, you know, and, and so they've had enough of the emotional roller coaster. Uh, a lot of the young players, you know, and, and maybe, you know, I'm going to speak for some of them that, you know, from what coaches told me was that, you know, they did have jobs or do have jobs lined up and, and uh, that, you know, they would, they had to make a decision and uh, you know, it's, do they have a job for the summer or do they come and play hockey for a month and, and not sure, not knowing if in fact we would be able to start. President <clears throat> of the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, Bill Chow is with us and Bill, I have to ask you about, Money. I mean, money makes the world go around. Um, here's the, the, the. A lot of people are saying to me, "How are these teams doing it? How are they staying afloat?" You got, I think, eighty-three thousand dollars per team from the Saskatchewan government, and, and thank you. But that doesn't go tremendously far when you have no other revenue. And I'm worried that your next news conference is to announce that some teams aren't going to make it. Are you at that point as a league right now? How's the league doing financially? No. Uh, you know, when it comes to the individual teams. Uh, there has been no discussion of a team uh, in in a position that they have to fold. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. The money that was uh, presented to the teams uh, from the government is a nice sum, uh, not an overwhelming sum. Uh, but uh, on the other side of that, you know, the teams haven't had a lot of expenses as well. Uh, you know, I think a lot of the teams were able to apply and, and obtain weight subsidies for their coaches and, and some of their staff people. Uh, so I think, you know, when it comes to luck at that, I think the important thing would be moving forward this summer, spring and summer would be, you know, hopefully we get back to a normal. Hopefully the teams can do their fundraising that they normally do uh, throughout the summer of a normal summer and that that will put them in a position to be uh, <clears throat> strong enough to start the 21-22 uh, season. Okay, well, that's. Hey, I'm glad that you could report that today. There's the my biggest question was that how are the teams? And you're saying that they are on solid enough footing. You're not going to lose any. What about the actual nuts and bolts of hockey things? Um, I guess you just say goodbye to your 20 year olds. There was talk, remember, a year ago of maybe we let the 21 year olds come back. Obviously, that's not happening. Um, and your draft, the nuts and bolts hockey stuff. What's happening there? So when it comes to the extending uh, a year for the 20-year-olds, it's not as simple as, as the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League making that decision as to, you know, do we allow them to play or not. Uh, because we're, we're under, you know, the umbrella of the Saskatchewan Hockey Association, one, they would have to approve, two, the CGHL would have to approve, three, Hockey Canada would have to approve. And so, you know, at those levels, there was no flavor to do that. And, and so it's, it really, you know, it's unfortunate for those 20-year-olds and those 19-year-olds. The 19s are the 20s this year that didn't get to finish their 19 season, and they have basically no, no season as a 20-year-old. So it's, it's very unfortunate for them. Um, but as well, you know, there, it's, it's, it's not like hockey is the only sport that's suffered right now. It's, it's every sport. It's every function of normal day life that just doesn't seem to be able to get back to some type of normalcy for for any period of time so what else do you have us uh for us today bill that's kind of all i had anything else you'd like to say no you know it's been it's been very emotional for for the players i mean they don't have an opportunity to express themselves for the coaches uh you know there's a lot of frustration you know for them um, they've been trying to figure this out. Uh, the group in Weyburn have worked diligently to try and make things work down there to to pull off a hub, uh, and and you know, and we're not able to, uh, you know. So I think for for everybody, it's very disappointing, and and for a lot of people, it's very emotional uh, as to and then and then there's the unknown as to what's going to happen with the 21-22 season. Um, obviously. Hopefully things will clear up here within the province and and we can re return to or possibly get to some type of normal start come, you know, at the end of August for training camps and the beginning of the season, mid-September. Yeah, more stuff 
out of your control. Well, I will say, as always, good job, Bill. I appreciate the time. I'm here if you need me. Always nice seeing you. Thanks, Rod. Bill Chow, the president of the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, kind of uh, bringing thoughts from a lot of Junior A hockey leagues, but specifically theirs as to why they were unable to play this year. But I'm just happy that, uh, hang on, Drew Koser writes in draft. Do I need my notes in check? Did he address that? I guess hard to have a draft when they didn't play, isn't it? Ah, We'll figure that out down the line. As uh, the minor hockey leagues, that is, the draft eligible kids. Anyways, checking the poll results here. Who is the greatest Raptor of all time? That's our poll question for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. Your options are Vince Carter, DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, or Kawhi Leonard. Those are the four. And I think we've got the right four. Nobody's arguing or saying anybody else. But right now, Kyle Lowry on Twitter is shot into the lead with 55% of the vote. And on Facebook, too, he's leading with 46% of the vote. Kyle Lowry, I think you are potentially being prisoners of the moment. Maybe history will show that he is the all-time greatest Raptor, but he is not the leader in games played. He's not the leader in game in points scored. That would be DeMar DeRozan. I voted for Vince Carter. And maybe that's just the romantic notion, my memories of Vince Carter. But uh, Kyle Lowry is leading. And as of now, he is still a Toronto Raptor. Last we heard, the only guy shipped out of Toronto is Norman Powell, gone to the Portland Trailblazers on today's NBA trade deadline for Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood. And while we have a minute, uh, sports update. The Maple Leafs and Senators meet tonight in Ottawa. The Sins are playing some of their best hockey right now and are on a five-game point streak at 3-0-2. Meanwhile, Toronto struggled and given up its lead for first in the North Division. The Leafs are currently tied for top spot with Edmonton and Winnipeg. Joseph Wall made 23 saves for his first shutout of the season in the Toronto Marlies blanked the Belleville Senators 3-0 on Wednesday night in American Hockey League play. Jeremy McKenna, Joey Anderson, and Scott Pooley scored for the Marlies. Kevin Mendeles stopped 27 of 29 shots for the Senators. John Morris and Danielle Schmeeman will face Brad Gushu and Kerry Anerson in today's semifinal at the Canadian Mixed Doubles Curling Championship in Calgary. The winner advances to the evening final against Colton Lott and Kadriana Sahedek for the championship. They're from Selkirk, Manitoba. The champions will wear the Maple Leaf at the Worlds in Aberdeen, Scotland. And here's one for the soccer people. A win or draw against Honduras tonight. And Canada is through to the semifinals of the CONCACAF Men's Olympic Qualifying Championship. Mexico and the U.S. have already advanced to the semifinals out of the other group at the eight-nation tournament in Guadalajara. And why am I reading that? Had a long talk with uh, one of our newest interns, Rachel Bishop, who is in Toronto. Toronto gal, big soccer fan. And she's like, a lot of people like soccer out here. I said, well, it's not my biggest sport, but I will do what I can to include it in our sports updates. And maybe she becomes our soccer insider. And maybe even Leafs insider. We'll see. This, yeah, (laughs) Clark didn't like that. This sports update for dubnetwork.ca, your number one source for Western Hockey League breaking news and analysis with the best team of writers across Western Canada and the Pacific Northwest. Visit our website today, dubnetwork.ca. And for Ben Cahoon's G2G Protein Bars, now with eight amazing flavors, including the new almond mocha, RP Show viewers get 20% off with a promo code RP Show. Get yours now at g2gbars.ca. Viewer takeover the rest of the way, starting as soon as we come back. It's the RP Show on this Thursday. You're watching on Game Plus TV, live out of the bunker in Western Canada. We're also live on YouTube and Facebook and 24-hour sports talk for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Listen live. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Laid back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rod. And uh, and Dupes is here. And Dupes is here. I'm here. How are you, Moose? I am well. I'm um, just checking. Really well. I said it's viewer takeover the rest of the way here. So James 
is watching in uh, Borden, Manitoba. He says, my boy Andrew Kopp with four goals last night. First four-goal four game this season by any player. That deserves a ring of the bell. Yeah. Winnipeg's eighth straight win in Vancouver. Big series against the Flames now. Do you see they gave away $100,000 last night on the Safeway Sobeys Score and Win Contest I know. with Dennis Bay? How about that? And was it one more goal away from a million? I guess. Something like that. It's like they make it so nearly impossible. Oh, by the way, by the way, by the way, by the way, by the way. If six kick returns are returned for touchdowns. On all this Tim Peel stuff, yeah. what about the time in Winnipeg, Argos Blue Bombers went Karen was supposed to win a million dollars and was called back by a ref's call. Oh, I know. But refs don't affect outcomes. Right. That dude's significant other was a VP at Safeway or whoever was giving away the million. He could, he could, he knew the argument he was going to get in at home. So he threw the flag and uh, called it back. I'm just saying that always seems to be a Winnipeg thing. And s- what a Karen. I know. And speaking of that, because it's been on my mind since the Dave Poulin interview, I was on the, that site, scoutthereff.com. Yeah. Is it good? Unbelievable. I don't know if Dave has shares in it or owns the site, but that's a heck of a promotion because Scout the Ref, it gives you all those details. The home team's record when this guy's refing. Pretty neat. Well, what? just so you know, the Tim Peel thing is just a larger... It's, it's, a, it's a symbol of a larger issue of how screwed up sports is right now. I'm, it's incredibly screwed up. And that particular issue in Winnipeg, where there was the kick return for a touchdown, right? Second of the game, I think, which would have been a million dollars for Karen. Yeah. Well, I talked to the officials in question in that play. It was a challengeable play, the block from the back, or whatever the penalty was that negated the touchdown. And they said Mark Tressman, who was coaching the Argos, could have challenged that, and he didn't challenge that. So it's more on Tressman than on the call. See what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like who's... And I'm not even saying they're wrong. It's just everything is so bungled and mixed up. And would you not just love to have the opportunity of a do-over? But they're, they're not getting a do-over. And that's so, Where do you fix this? Yeah, and that's where they're at with the video replay is yeah. you now have officials not calling necessarily the game on what they would want the penalty to be. I know they're doing that because the, I'm not questioning their integrity. But they're calling based on... What's the safest? So if I make this call, there's a chance with review for us to undo it and get it right. But if I don't make the call, review can't let me make the call later. So we're calling it, right? Does that make sense? Sure. They're playing safe with with video review, and and it becomes even tougher to do your job. Sean McCormick is watching in the Game Plus studios in downtown Toronto. And Sean says, refs will always have huge effect on games. It is what it is. Refs screwed the New Orleans Saints for three years straight. In the playoffs. And he's right. Drew Koser from the Off the Hosel podcast, Golf and Hockey, says, was Brett Hull's skate in the paint? There's a lot to unravel on that comment. Yes. Of course, my dad was working for the Dallas Stars at the time, so I was very invested in the series. And can I just say this? Go back and find an NHL rule book from 1999 that very clearly says... You can be in the crease. You can have a skate in the crease as, as long as you don't affect the play. You don't interfere with the goaltender. You're not interfering with anybody. That was a good goal by the rule book. But nobody wants to hear it. And it, Drew doesn't want to hear it. Lindy Ruff doesn't want to hear it. Nobody wants to hear it. But it was a good goal. I think they got it absolutely right. They did. I think they got it right. And even if, even if the rule... And this is the interpretation of that. And again, I want to go back and read it now. But the interpretation is that if the skate's in before the puck, it's no goal. And that's fine. But that was never the spirit of the rule to have something like this. So inconsequential, it doesn't affect the play. They got it right. They shouldn't have been ripped away the Stanley Cup based on that toe in the crease. Um, and then they, they changed it later. But we want things so black and white. We don't want what's best for the game. We want, well, that's the way it's supposed to be, so you got to do this. And I'm like, it's such a bad way to approach life and such a negative way to live. When you can get rid of that, oh, man, your stress levels will go down. Your enjoyment levels will go up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and um, I think the whole world, nobody's going to listen to me, but everybody, if you get a chance... Go down to your local bookstore and buy the book called Trust by our former Governor General, David Johnston. I've met him. I've read it. And there's a chapter in there saying doing what's right 
versus doing the right thing. Maybe letting go Tim Peel yesterday was the right thing, but it wasn't what's right. And if that's too deep for you, people, you'll never get it. But they're not, all these leagues aren't doing what's right. By the way, by the way, so Bill Chow, you understand I love the guy. That's why I'm wearing this SJHL bunny hug today. He says to Clark after the interview, surprised Rod didn't ask me about the BCHL news. Billy, when I said anything else, Bill, that's all I have. <laughs> that was <laughs> the opening. That's opening the door for, well, you know, Rod, by the way, on your scoop on the BCHL leaving the CJHL. <clears throat> so I, so you texted Clark that, the producer. I'm surprised he didn't ask me. So here's what Bill Chow has to say. This is on the record, right, Clark? Uh, it's on the record. It's unfortunate a letter was received by the CJHL. What the ramifications are, time will tell. So if you missed the scoop, the BC Hockey League, Bill's confirming it as far as I can tell here, they have notified the Canadian Junior Hockey League, we're leaving your association. And the further report that I received is that four teams are going with them. Brooks, Okotoks, Spruce Grove, and Grand Prairie from the Alberta Junior Hockey League. How this affects hockey, how they, I guess we'll break and come back. If you like, It's huge news, yeah. okay? So while the country's going nuts about Kyle Lowry, and that's fine, there's really big news out here in Western Canada as it pertains to hockey and, frankly, the future of the CFL and whatever else is on that you want to talk about. So we'll get to all that when we come back with Overtime. That's next. It's the RP Show, and you are watching on Game Plus TV, YouTube, and Facebook Live, and listen live. 24-hour sports talk for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. Welcome back to the RP Show, everybody. It is overtime. Moose DuPont still here. A uh, couple things. Sports on tap tonight for the tap drive through liquor store and brew house. Western Hockey League bubble, 4 p.m. Pats and Prince Albert Raiders will have the call on Access Now television, followed by at 8 p.m. the Battle of Manitoba. Winnipeg Ice versus the Brandon Wheat Kings. You can watch that on WHL Live. National Hockey League tonight, another very busy night. Pay attention. Devils at Capitals. Hurricanes at Blue Jackets. Leafs at Sens, the one you're really watching close, of course. That's your team. Yes. Islanders at Boston. Boston and Philly, last I checked, tied for the final playoff spot in the Mass Mutual East Division. Flyers home to the Rangers. Buffalo at Pittsburgh tonight. Florida at Chicago. Detroit at Nashville in a friends and family game. St. Louis Blues at Minnesota. Tampa Bay at Dallas. And Canada's team, the Vegas Golden Knights, will visit the Colorado Avalanche. Major League Baseball, the Blue Jays, home to the Detroit Tigers, 4.37 p.m. Mountain. So that's your sports on tap for tonight for the Tap Brewhouse and Liquor Store. They're now open for dine-in or pickup. The Liquor Store drive-thru is open. Plus, you may also shop inside. Please follow social distancing guidelines and help everyone stay safe. You got anything before I get into the Great Western Ultra Ooh. update? No, I'm ready for it. Okay. Are you guys ready for it? Hopefully I can sneak this into 80s. 80 seconds, and we're on, we're going. Okay, let's talk some more CFL jottings today. Why not? Training camps are supposed to open in less than two months. Wednesday night proved to be a real tug-of-war of emotions with CFL pundits reporting training camps will be delayed until August. Meanwhile, Cody Fajardo says he's been told to report to the Riders for May 10th. Sigh. And their proposed 20% pay cuts for the players has become a major lightning rod topic. I mentioned it's a take-it-or-leave-it scenario, and some turned their guns on me. Hey, I don't like the CFL's approach to this either, but the golden st uh, rule still applies. They own the gold, so they make the rules. If this all goes down... The owners can take the blame, too. On a brighter note, the leader post, Rob Vanstone, wrote a cheerful column on how he'd like the CFL to emerge from this. He'd like it to get back to the Canadian Football League we knew up to the 1970s when there were only a handful of American players allowed per team. George Reed has told us many great stories about that era. 
I'm absolutely not opposed to this concept. Why wouldn't a truly great league made up of Canadian players be the way to go? And why does it really matter where they're from as long as it's entertaining, good quality ball? I have no idea where the players are from in the fan-controlled football league, and it's a riot. At a Sask Rush game, I only check the players' hometowns during TV timeouts. Otherwise, I don't care. No matter how the CFL merges, they better make sure they can market it and Canadians want to buy it. There's your Great Western update. For original 16 Ultra. You got out of the blocks a little slow. And that's well, they, what they didn't tell the me they shot the gun. That's what caused the bad finish. Other than that, you were on record pace. I caught up. Pretty good. Here it is. An original 16 to fit your active lifestyle, a superior taste with only 80 calories and 2.5% alcohol. Taste without compromise. So Hall of Fame Rough Riders broadcaster John Frenzy's here. Right after this show, we'll be taping our weekend best of the week show with John Frenzy and um, I guess it's Thursday now right yeah tomorrow is a football Friday and we'll delve way more into this and I'm I'm at a point now where we can just play the what if game what if the CFL survives this and they need to uh, but it needs to change are we down with an 85 percent Canadian roster could Canadians get behind that or is it all NFL in this country now. Is it too late? Well, it's never too late. It's all about the, the storylines. It's all about creating a captive audience and, and engaging the viewers and listeners. So if you're starting new, it just means you got to put in more work and be more patient and understand you're not where the NFL is now. You're at ground zero, right? So you're going to have to go through it and, and invest 10 years before you have the product that you want. You have to build it again. And, and you hope that it's fun and you have to restructure the model. But, no, I think there's, there's, there's hope for it, no matter what format you want to go. There's appetite for the Canadian game. We love it. There's, there's, there's a reason it's been around and had so much success. So. Well, you see what I'm saying, though. The Fan Control Football League, I have no idea who these guys are other than Johnny Manziel and Josh Gordon. But I watched it and it was a riot because they made it all about entertainment. They, can, they merged WWE and arena football into one. And it was, uh, it was insane. I couldn't take my eyes off it. NLL, I don't know who these guys are. I didn't know who Ben McIntosh was or Jeff Shatler or these stars, Aaron Bold for the rush. But I'm hooked because it's so much fun. That's what the CFL is going to need to do, no matter where the players are from. But you know now all those guys. And think of this. This is show business. Think of any television show you've watched, okay? Multiple seasons. Let's let's talk about Yellowstone. Let's talk about Suits. Let's talk about... You learned who the characters were, you're Breaking Bad. No, year one is all entertainment. We're cooking meth. We're branding people. (laughs) We're we're doing all these crazy cases. We're skinning people. Right? It's all the fun cases and Suits and everything else in year one. But by year two, it's a little less. And by year three, it's more deeper storylines related to the characters. So you start with the glitz and the glamour and slowly start introducing the players and then it becomes all about those storylines and your fans start, ooh, really exciting, but then they get hooked and then they last and they stick with you forever. You have to have that evolution in telling the story. Marketing your stars. That's it. Telling stories of your stars. Anyways, to the text line, hey, Rod, Ryan here in Saskatoon. What would you think of a potential USHL and AHL model with the BCJ, AJ, and then SJ, MJ. I know it's not what's in the works, but it's something I've been thinking about that could potentially work. That's from Ryan in Saskatoon. Well, the, from the people that I talked to that gave me the scoop on BC breaking off from the Canadian Junior Hockey League and forming their own thing and taking four teams from Alberta with them, this is the model that they're trying to find is the USHL. They know that they're a quality league and they're losing players to the United States. They don't want to be subject to Hockey Canada's rules. This is exactly why they're doing it. So what you're saying is what they're doing. Metal Shingle Guy writes in and he says, are the Raptors or Jays playing in Toronto now? They are not. The Raptors are playing out of Tampa. The Blue Jays are playing out of Dunedin. And they're going to stay in Dunedin. And frankly, you had Western Canadian Baseball League news today. Yeah, that you they're, get the news they're planning to come back. And now we're not going to see them in every province but they're going to play with only Canadian players. But they did announce a few hours ago a return to play and a plan for a 2021 summer uh, right. season. Right, so, but Jennifer Ellingworth, one of our viewers, just writes in and says the Regina Red Sox just announced no season for 2021. Saw that coming anyway. Can't wait for 2022. 
We're sitting here in March. We're talking about 2022. So basically, the WCBL is going to play in Alberta. Yeah. But all of Saskatchewan wiped out. And I just got to say, what makes the Canadian Football League believe? Because they're relying on American players coming up and all dollars and cents is what makes the world go around. What makes the CFL believe they're going to pull this off? And they're telling players they're going to not only pull it off, but they're going to do it on time. But all these other leagues are shutting down. What have I missed? The difference with all these leagues, and this is no disrespect to anybody, but we look at WCBL, we're talking about thousands and maybe tens of thousands of dollars, right? You go to the CFL, you're talking about hundreds of thousands to millions. When you get to the NHL, you're talking about hundreds of millions. NFL, billions, yep. right? So the ability to be able to pull this off is a lot different. It's the ability for me being able to you know, go buy a coffee every day and you being able to go buy lunch every day, Yeah, right? Money. Money. CFL doesn't have it. So Brady in Saskatoon, hey, Rod, I'm hoping the WHL thinks of a way to have playoffs. Blades are finally good and having nothing to play for. Uh, yep, playoffs are on the table in the dub, but we don't know how that's going to look, nor do they. Metal Shingle Guy says, so the CFL's going to play? Go to rodpeterson.com right now, Metal Shingle Guy, and read what you just saw for the Ultra update. Read it over a couple of times, and you will see that the stakeholders, the people that are actually in the CFL, don't even know if they're going to play. They can't guarantee that they're going to play. So don't, I'm sorry that I don't have an answer for you, but I don't need to answer for the CFL. They need to answer for themselves, and they are not. Football Friday tomorrow, John Frenzy, Brian Baldinger, NFL alum and Jim Lawson from Woodbine, all coming up at noon Eastern. We don't know what we're doing. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.